Medic! Welcome back to the Medica podcast presented by Responder Solutions Group. This is episode five where uh, Kirsten's going to sit down. Kirsten, not Kristen, is going to sit down with us. And she's the veteran of the group of this little student uh, project, prior student project here. Um, she's going to, uh, she's a five-year veteran. Just finished her fifth year. And uh, she had very little life experience going into paramedic school. She was a zero to hero graduate um, and in fact became uh, the outstanding student of the class voted on by her peers and, you know, taken into account her academic and clinical performance. So big accomplishment for her at a, at a pretty young age that effectively put her in a position where she was hit in the street where she could administer narcotics, but could not legally buy a drink at the bar. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about mentors, uh, her waiting five years to cardiovert a patient in the field, uh, some goal setting to progress through a career in EMS. And, uh, my favorite, that, uh, stomach, that butterfly stomach flip-flop feeling thing when the uh, the tones drop in your first few years of EMS service. Um, so if you guys have been listening, I think it's really going to be easy to draw some parallels between the five-year paramedic and then the one or two-year paramedic. I really think uh, there's a lot of shared experiences out there. Stick around, take a listen. Next week will be the last in this series, and uh, we'll have uh, Sean on, and he's the baby medic. He is the brand new months ago got his paramedic and he is just coming in to realize what his survival year is all about. So stick around, give it a listen, like, comment, let us know what you think. So my name's Kirsten Ravan. I graduated five years ago in 2012 out of your first paramedic class you taught. Um, I currently work at Greenwood County EMS and I have done so over the past five years. So I've had a lot of new experiences over those five years that cool. I've been working there. And uh, what... Uh, what brought you to EMS? Like you were, you watched TV and were like, "I'm that's what I want to do. I actually just stumbled on it. Um, when I got out of high school, I've always wanted to be some type of teacher. I thought I wanted to be a first grade teacher. And then I stumbled onto the nursing program tech had. And when I got all my criteria met for that, I actually looked at the paramedic to RN program that tech had at the time and I decided to go through paramedic school and I actually got into the class just barely for the night school um in 2011 and that was my year that was my first class hired on a Thursday started teaching on a Monday um so no prior public safety experience no no mom wasn't a nurse dad wasn't a cop or a bus driver or anything like that it was just I'm going to use some EMS to what I used to call stepping stone EMS to further yourself in a, in a, some other healthcare career, RN or PA school or whatever, whatever it was going to lead you to, right? Yeah. Okay. And how'd that work out? Didn't work out too good. Didn't work out too good? Well, it's good for me, but it wasn't the plan that I thought I was going to go to. Um, I ended up getting into this career. I gave myself about two years to decide kind of what I wanted to do, two or three years. And I've decided that I really enjoy EMS. I love the nature of the beast. And this is where I want to be. This is where I want to stay. This is where I want to help people. So, what? When did you realize it? During, during EMT school, paramedic school? Or? I realized that I really enjoyed what I was doing um, probably in EMT school when we were actually doing things, learning things that I was going to be able to do out in public. I felt like going to school sometimes just feels like you're learning useless education. Um, but once you actually got an EMT school and was able to do things in class that related to what you were going to do well, in your future. People, you yeah. learned the assessment, you met people, you, uh, you started, started taking care of people. So it was more for you in class. Yeah. Instead of a lot of people, I hear a lot of people say, man, I was so nervous for my first ride time. And we left, we left deployment, and then on our first call, this guy said his chest hurt, and I, I watched the medic, and I knew this was it for me. I wanted to do this, and I wanted to go to paramedic school, and I want to do that. Like, and, and that's cool. I, I think it's good for, for anyway, whether it happens in the classroom or on your, on your ride time. So you show up, you finish EMT school, 240 hours, you skate through it. And you end up a paramedic. Now, did you have time off between paramedic or did you go straight through zero to hero? I went straight through zero to hero. Straight through zero to hero. No time to really practice EMS. No. Um, and you got, and you show up, you showed up in 
I didn't teach your EMT. You showed up in my first class, which was pharmacology, cardiology. Yes. Awesome. And uh, what? Uh, how well do you think, and not personally, how well did I prepare you? How well did the paramedic, how well did our paramedic school prepare you to work as an entry-level paramedic on your first day? I think overall I was prepared pretty well. Um, I think the scenario-based stuff that we did in class and how hard the teachers were on us in order to acquire that information and um, be able to really regurgitate it and also put it into practice, I think that um, that was a big help. However, it is a totally different story when you get it into the field and you have to have all these other new experiences along with just trying to learn how to be a paramedic. You have other things to look at and see. You have to learn how to run a call, what not to do, what to do, how to be a paramedic, especially when you have no life experiences going into it right out of school is even worse. And you're in charge of the and, and somebody's life and it's a serious business. Yes. That's right. So we'll teach you. And what we never ran the, well, maybe we didn't never run, but you know we didn't put emphasis on the two a.m. non-compliant med psych call or the no. my toe hurts from gout. We were like, no, we're gonna put you in chest pain times two days worsening over the past thirty minutes. I can't breathe. It radiates to my left arm. My jaw's numb. Puts a twelve lead on. Oh my god, inferior wall MI. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Transport, so so on and so forth. Um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit. What uh, what part didn't we prepare you for? Or what part? I don't want to say we. Just in school in general. Just in general, the life experiences, how to deal with people. You know, um, the life and experiences in EMS in specific is a lot different than some people. Some other people's life experiences, they don't get to see the things that paramedics get to see on a regular basis and deal with issues that normal people don't have to deal with. Right. And we walk into patients' houses from <clears throat> all walks of life, nationalities, socioeconomics, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, you know, it's very, it's sometimes hard to translate in, in school in a, in a simulation. Yeah. And we don't really focus on those soft skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say somebody, and not to not to, to pick or, or anything, but how old were you when you came to paramedic school? Um, how old was I? I graduated I in 09, so that would make me 18, 19, so, 20, so 21. You were, right, so you came early into 20s. the profession 18 to 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So... Old enough to give morphine, IV, not old enough to order an alcoholic drink at the bar. That's a lot of responsibility. And you're saying it yourself. Not a lot of life experience. When I was 18, wow. I was making mistakes left and right. I was an EMT. I I was already an EMT. Well, I was an EMT at 18. Um, Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Mm -mm. And to be in charge of of life-saving is a... It's a big deal. And but if you stick it out, you're you're gaining life experience every single time those tones drop. Every day. Right. So every how, call. what uh all that being said, what would you say to somebody? What would you say to that medic student on their first day of the first semester of their first paramedic class? So for us, it really is it's it's EMS one fifty, so um, advanced assessment for paramedics, a trauma module, um, and then that's where they get to learn ET tubes and IV sticks. So they're walking in for their first day. Perfect practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Okay. Really? Um, and they're going to look at you and be like, what? Really do a good job at learning your skills the same way every time in the same manner so that you get into that habit of doing things so it's second nature to yourself. Methodical. Very methodical. methodical. Um, Don't don't play around when you're in class. If you're going to do it, do it right. 
Learn the basics. Learn the basics. Perfect through repetition. Yes. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Because what happens, and if you've played any sports, is if you practice and you pick up a bad habit with practicing, you're going to continue that bad habit in games. And then it's very hard to change that bad habit that you've created. It's even harder to change it than to actually learn it the right way the first time. And that first wrong imprinting, is the worst. Yes. Because breaking that bad habit. It's, it's and, difficult. Yeah. And it's a ton of work. It's a ton of time. You put more work and effort into trying to break your bad habits that right. you've created for yourself. Right. I, I agree with that 100%. What would, you, what would you say to that same person as they're leaving either the painting ceremony or graduation? They're walking down the aisle. They're ready. They're, they've got, they got their card. They're ready to save the world. What would you say to them? Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's okay. okay. Um, I would say that every day when you're at work as a paramedic, you learn every day. Um, Make sure that you really focus on going over every call after the call to see what you did bad, see what you did good, how to improve yourself, just constantly improve yourself throughout your time. Um, Constantly, you know, if you have a question about something, go up to the doctors, ask them about it hey, this is how my patient presented. This is what I was kind of unsure on. You know, what what would you have done um, kind of deal? Um, just always continue to improve yourself and remember that it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. No, it takes time and experience and calls. And just because you're brand new doesn't mean that you are not going to be doing well. Um, you know, um, it takes time and experience. And that's what I've always told myself. I, I can always improve with time and experience. Exposure. And experience, Exposure. That's, that, is our, that is our teacher along with continuing education and, and kind of that uh, – that drive to learn more and you know you see something on a call you didn't understand it you go back you you look it up or you, you ask your you ask your partner or you ask you know the education guy whatever it is what um what would be your best memory from school it's been a while five years hmm. six maybe if you count the first year technically yeah six um you have to give me a second <laughs> it's been a while ago It's just one bad dream you try to forget. No. School was – paramedic school was very good. It's very hard um, just because of the amount of hours that you have to put in, the amount of hours that you're actually up all day, all night. Um, When I was going through paramedic school, I worked at um, Bowers after I got my EMT. And I worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then alternate weeks, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So um, I went to work. I woke up at 2.30, got to work at 4. After I left from work, I went to paramedic school till 11, so I got about three hours of sleep every day. Let's talk, let's talk about um, that. There's a, there's a, you got, you were in my first, first class I taught, or first. Night class. First cohort I taught out of, when I got hired here, and it was a night class. And when I was hired, like, hey, you have any problem teaching nights? I said, nope, I'm coming from night shift. Being up is no big deal for me. Um, and it's just like you said, I would show up, I would show up at the college around two o'clock in the afternoon, get my prep stuff done and wait for you guys to show up at five o'clock. You guys wait at class from five till 10 o'clock, um, by seven o'clock, seven thirty every night you guys were there. Everybody was done. You guys were done learning. You were done. You were done for the day. Um, even, even young people like yourself at 18, 19 years old who, when I was 18, 19 years old, I'd stay up all night, uh, sleep for two hours, and go to work and work a 12-hour shift with no problem. Um, but by 7.30, 7.45, use were done. Um, and it was – I didn't notice that until <clears throat> a little while in. Um, and the hard part for me was I – that was my first faculty teaching job where I was trying to prepare and make everything perfect. So I tried to copy how I learned in paramedic school. Um, and that did not work. At least it didn't work in my head, but I had to show you guys that you guys are getting the best education ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I absolutely remember using our smart boards and having you guys try and stay engaged, get up, come and draw uh, on the on the board to measure out EKGs that were blown up to giant size, and mm-hmm. you know you guys were calculating rates, and you know we were doing draw calculations. 
where what the part you guys didn't see was in the background where I would frantically try and put together lessons because there were no lessons given to me. I was starting from scratch. I had references, but as I floated through them, I found out that it was a lot of old material. A lot of things were incorrect. A lot of things were left in a very advanced state of learning where I knew, A, I couldn't teach it that way, and I didn't want you to learn it that way. And then when you added in that everyone in your class was coming from a day job, mm -hmm. it made it 10 times harder. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, and I get it. It's a needed thing. Night class is a needed thing. If people are motivated to go do that, they're going to do it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was good that we provided that. And, you know, we don't now, but eventually maybe we'll get back to a night paramedic class. But, um I absolutely see a difference between the day learners and the night learners. Mm -hmm. So, so what? Um, so, what's your best memory? Answer um, that question. No. I have a lot of good memories from paramedic school. Um, I, I really like the team-based approach. Um, I think one of my best memories was when I realized that I could actually. I was having a really difficult time with EKGs and what was it, um, third degree blocks and second degree tattoos. Right. And one day in class, you had sat down with me and we were going over it and you were like, what is this? You know, what is this? You know what this is. You've seen it a million times. And I finally clicked and right. it just finally clicked. And I think that was one of my best memories. All right. So what's the worst one? Um, when I was yelling at you about your third degree block knowledge. No. Um... My worst memory. I don't think I have any bad memories. It doesn't need to be in class. It could have been a bad ride time, bad um, clinical time. Bad clinical time. Yeah. One of the paramedics that I was riding with one day, I had an issue with her all the time. She was very rude, um, kind of demeaning. Um, to you or her to, partner, to her patient? Well, com probably a combination of everybody, mm. but more so to me um, on the truck. So we were on a call. I ended up, you know, getting a blood pressure. I'd actually taken a heart rate before I had taken my blood pressure. And I told her what it was. And she's like, you didn't check that heart rate. And I was like, I did before I checked the blood pressure. And she just very demeaning on scene in front of the patient. In front of the patient. And yeah. So that, I think, was my... Those memories that I had with that specific paramedic was the worst. Look look how fast you came up with that memory versus, man, I have to really think about the good. Yeah. You know, and that's that's horrible, and I get it, and I um, probably, I don't know, I can't remember what I wore yesterday or what I ate, so I probably don't remember if we ever talked about that in school. No. But I guarantee every, every year, every semester, someone comes and says something about having a bad experience with a preceptor or a crew, or a clinical preceptor. And, you know, some people are more upset than others, and we end up telling them, you just got a really good mm -hmm. dose of what not to do and how to not be when you go practice. Yeah. And maybe that's me always trying to make something positive out of a negative or trying to always find that teachable moment or experience. Um, I've had people in tears before telling me about crews, and I was like, "Look, you just, got a, you just got a really good, a really good picture of how you don't want to be. I mean, mm -hmm. You have a role model. You're like, I want to be this person. If I can be, ta if I can be talked about like this person, I know I made it. I never want to be talked to. I never want to be compared to this person mm -hmm. because you know that just it was such a, a poor experience or a negative experience and." You know, I hate that for people, but again, 18 or 19 years old, not a lot of life experience. There's one, you know, you, you tip the chalk that one up to another life experience. So that's really good because that kind of segues into the, the next couple questions. Um, how important do you think mentors are in, in, our, in our career field? I think mentors are very important. And I think that people don't realize how important they are. Um, I think that in this field in general, people don't look at, take the time and opportunity to take somebody up underneath their wing as much as they should um, and kind of teach them and, you know, just be there, be there for them to talk to about issues at hand or um, questions, you know, um, be that person that is very positive and go-getter, you know, encouraging people to do well. Um, just get that positive mindset for people. And, ha you know, have you seen that change in the area? You've been here 
for five years. Have you seen that change? Do you think there's more mentors out there or less? I think there's, I think there's less. Less. Um, I would like to see them being more, and I would hope that there is more. But in my personal experience, I think there's less because I think people are tired. People are tired. <laughs> so, do you do you think people five years? Do you think people see you as a mentor? Or that, do you know that you're a mentor to somebody? Um, I had an explorer that I helped out a lot, and she rode with me all the time. Um, I felt like I was a little bit of a mentor to her. I, I saw character. I saw characteristics in myself that I saw in her when I was at that age. So you know, I tried to encourage her to do well, um, to have the confidence in herself that I didn't have at that age. Um, just really, truly believe in yourself. You know, have that person to pep talk you up. And then have that person to say, hey, look, you should have done this a little bit better. Let's work on that, right. you know, so. And in that interaction, do you think it's, do you think that's, that's working out for her? Do you think um, I, she, she, she knows you were, she chose you, yeah, or other way around as a mentor or it just kind of happened? Yeah, I think it just kind of happened. And so does she know? Does she know you're mentoring her? Um, I think at the time, yes, she did. Okay. I, I think at the time, maybe she didn't realize it up until she got to further her experiences so now, in the field. You know, a little further into paramedic school, she realizes the uh, the. I hope I, I hope I helped her. Of it, right? Yeah, I, I I I think we know. I think we know the same person, and uh, you know, that's a new medic mm-hmm. who's getting a bunch of new experiences, experiences. and some life lessons and. And we've talked about mindset and how things change, you know. Um, as, as you're an explorer, you learn and, you know, those people will talk you up. Hey, you're doing great. You got this. And then you go to the totally flip side. Now you have all the responsibility and that mindset changes. It's and, like, oh, gosh, this is a little bit scary. I didn't realize how how much and, this is. And that, that's me. I'm a, I'm a product of exploring as well. I'm, I, am a, I am a product from EMS birth of, of exploring. Um, which is which is great, and again, I've said it to a hundred people a hundred different times. Uh, I am very fortunate myself with my Explorer Post mentors, who I guarantee have shaped my understanding of EMS, my respect for EMS, how I learned in EMS, how I came up through EMS, even through the failures and and the successes. Um, and I'm extremely fortunate, almost to a point where it's very hard for me to relate to a lot of normal, normal, uh, I don't know what's a good word, like uh, roadblocks, tribulations, I guess, that some students have. Like, well, what do you think? I'm like, nah, I really can't comment on that because you don't have I, that I, specific I experience. experience. That. I mean, I was very lucky. I, I understood. I was being taught paramedic stuff before I went to EMT school mm-hmm. or I had paramedic exposure well before I even knew, I mean, I, you know, what, what that even was. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's sometimes very hard for me to relate. Being around the students, it's a, li- it's a little bit better because I hear shared experiences and, and you know, it, it, it ends up that you end up becoming a mentor by proxy because you're the, you're the instructor mm-hmm. and the student comes to you for, for advice and they, and they, you know, they expect something out of it as part of that. Did you have a mentor in school? As far as a paramedic that I went to, that's uh, a question. You know, you know what? It like, doesn't need to be a paramedic. Could have been you could have been friends with the the grocery store checkout guy or girl, and we're like, hey, I really need to talk to you about this. Or you know, somebody. It could be anybody. Somebody growing up, parent, teacher, coach, anybody. You know, my parents always instilled a sense of um, you know hard work and effort mm-hmm. to go into things. At that time in my life. I were, was having some parent issues, so um, having some interaction with my parents. We weren't on the same page. It happens. So I didn't really have that. Um, let's think. You know, all the paramedics that actually um, did take the time out of their day to, like, help me improve on the truck. I mean, I would consider them mentors. Teachers, of course, I think – Chris, you were a mentor in general because you... you... You're the second person who said that in these interviews, which is... It's really weird to me to hear that. Yeah. It's hard for me to separate instructor and mentor for for whatever reason. Um, So I think... 
I guess my main mentor would be you because you you gave us your past experiences and you you made us think and you made us um, overcome a lot of things. And, and again, that's I I attribute that to my upbringing through the Explorer Post. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I you know I, I haven't I had ten years of paramedic experience when I came to you guys. Uh, I had. 16 years of EMS experience as the basic on a paramedic truck, as an explorer, as a crew chief in collegiate EMS, um, you know, and at the time, I mean, I really don't know how much that really played a part in helping you guys, or was it just like, hey, it's it's paramedic school story time. Get your hot chocolate, get your blanket, and you guys know when I was in paramedic school, it was time to start the story. Or, you know, you hear enough of those war stories like, oh my God, I'm so tired of hearing this. How does this relate? And then maybe you're on a call and you're like, hey, I've, I've heard about this before. Mm-hmm. And I, I know I read about it. I remember Chris telling this story. And, and, you know, and, and again, if that's if that's how it happened, that's awesome. I, I'm glad. I guess I just, I don't look at it that way. I guess, and that's just me. I should. I probably should, but it's very validating, and I appreciate hearing that. Um, I usually talk about uh, um, having an EMS epiphany, or or when did it click? So some people, some students, um, it clicks for them maybe sometime toward the end of the last semester before graduation. Some people, it clicks while they're walking down the aisle at graduation, and other people... It clicks uh, maybe during their first or second year of practice. When did, has, when did it click for you? I'm not going to say has it clicked for you yet. Five years, it's clicked somewhere. When did it click for you? Did you have an EMS epiphany? Um, I didn't have so much of an EMS epiphany. I had more confidence in the experiences that I've had in the past, probably around two and a half years. Two and a half years, you're um, starting to feel comfortable. Around about confident. two and a half, three, had more experience under my belt. At five years now, I feel a lot more comfortable. So that's, I... I five years is my most comfortable point that in my paramedic career. I, I'm glad you say it that way. And five years is a... For me, it's a big deal. Um, this is more about you than it is about me. So when you say confident and comfortable, I'm going to put words in your mouth. Are you bored with EMS? I'm not bored with EMS. I will never be bored with Do EMS. Do you feel that you are at the top of your game? Nothing excites you. There's no call you can't handle. Where do I go from here? Um, I mean, five years. In my personal opinion, you know, you can be good at something, but you still have to have the more experiences, you know. And I think that regardless if you're a five-year, 10-year, 15-year medic, you're still going to get a little bit nervous about some of the calls that you run just because, um, just in my opinion, because some calls you've never ran. So, for instance, I've never ran a pediatric cardiac arrest. I think that's a major, major one on my five list. Years, never did it. Never did None. You walked in here earlier. We talked earlier. Five Had my years, first cardioversion. Five years. Last shift. Five years. Finally in the field. Finally. Somebody took the rod on the lightning. Yeah. What? Um, how did you feel doing it? Um, I felt a little bit nervous, but I felt confident though. Nervous in my treatment yet. modalities. It was the right thing yes. to do. I know how to do it. We're gonna make. I didn't happen. think twice about it. So. Right. Okay. Um. That is. And again, it's it's probably based on prior experience. Plenty I had plenty of years before I became a paramedic. At five years, I was bored to death. Really? I was bored to death, and I was looking for something else to do in EMS. I felt, I remember I've said, I used to say it at work. And again, it makes me a bad person, and probably a bad clinician to, to do that. And say, I'm at the top of my game. There's no call I can't handle. Nothing excites me. I don't run. I don't even run to the triple gunshot victim anymore. It's just like, ah, great. We're going to go plug some holes. We're going to get to the surgeon. You know, let's just be careful out there. Um, And I was looking. I remember looking for something. And that's honestly, that's when I really started to teach continuing education. I started to get my AHA instructor, my NAMT instructor, 
and it, I was just trying to find something interesting. I went back to school, finished my bachelor's. Uh, I went uh, I went to critical care paramedic school and was like, what else can I learn? There's got to be something out there. I still wanted to learn. Yeah. But I just, I was so, I just remember being bored. Not bored enough that I wanted to leave the job. Love the job. Best job in the world. Hands down. I miss being on a truck every single day. Um, but, um. That was uh, that was a big thing for me at five years, and it was like, wow, five years—that's all it takes to just be awesome at this and you know be done with it. Mm-hmm. And I know it's different for people. And uh, I was I was in, I was excited to ask that question because mm-hmm. I wanted to see if it was just me no. or did it kind of did, did people think that way? But five years, five first, years, first cardio version. Went awesome, you know, great. That's good stuff. It's another another notch in the experience. And experience. I think maybe the difference between, um, I know I started my bachelor's degree program two years ago, right. so I've been in school for two years. So, I mean, I've, I, I always look for the next step regardless, and I just, you know, um, I haven't, I didn't wait for five years to come to start a bachelor's degree program because I knew, you know, after two, three years, if this is what I wanted to do, then I need to go ahead and start improving myself for the future. Um, Start, start learning new things to better improve, you know, my clinical skills, how I think of things. Um, So I guess I haven't ran into that. I think that if I would have waited till five years, I think I may have been a little bit bored. But since I have other things going on, I think that kind of kind of kept it up. We want yeah. that lifelong learner and stuff like that. So, all right, I got one more little bit of that. So, five years, you're not bored. Let's go before I get into the the survival year question. When you first started, and it could have been EMT, but I'm looking more for paramedic. When you started paramedic. Uh, here in this area, we still had tones on our radios, right? Mm-hmm. When the tone went off, did you could you tell your own tones? Like when we used to be able to hear on the open radio, we could hear all the other trucks' tones go off. No, he can't. Right? Well, you could you you could do that, right? Unless I you don't, had it I don't, set. Did, I don't know. All right. So if you couldn't hear the other trucks and you only heard yours, when the tones went off, tones dropped. Did your stomach flip flop? Yes. Does it still do it? Yes. It still does it after <laughs> five years. Well. At nighttime, if I try to pick up a night shift at okay. nighttime, I'm, I'm not very comfortable running calls at night per se, especially waking up in the middle of the night right. and having to have that adrenaline pumping. Um, so I guess not so much anymore. A tone's a tone more. Right. At nighttime, it's, it's different. It's just a radio alert. We don't have our. Yes, own a tone. radio Some alert. Can pick out the truck tone, like I knew. Now, forty four's truck tone, I can I can pick out. Forty uh, four's truck tone gave me SVT one night. So yeah, so trying to fire me out of bed, I had to sit back down because I got dizzy because my heart was racing. <laughs> um, so that was I went on a call the last. At 2.30 in the morning after I had been sleeping about four hours, and I got up out of bed, and I had a Charlie horse. Worst time to get a Charlie horse because you have to go to the truck, put on your boots, all that good stuff. And, oh, that was miserable. All right, back to the stomach butterfly thing. First year in EMS. Every time, right? Every so time nervous. the tones, you're like, oh, my God. That was, that's us. That's us. That's us. Yeah. And your partner. I remember I, that as an explorer. I, mm-hmm, I jump on the mm-hmm. cab, jump off, off the couch. You're like, that's not us. I still have to do that at home, at home, though, because I'll think my tones are going off, and then my reaction is to go get in the truck. And, and then you, you hear your tones like, at home? Sometimes, yeah. Or you listen to the scanner? Or, no. You just hear it? Yeah. Yes, like, at um, out in public and stuff, I'll hear something that sounds like our tones. I'll be like... One day I was sitting in a restaurant and I heard my tones go off. I was doing homework in Panera and it was the tones, but for the crew that had just started ordering. That's awesome. <laughs> and my immediate reaction was to hop up yeah, and run. Yeah. I'm not two minutes away from the truck. I got to beat my 90 second out of shoot time. That's yeah. awesome. I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever been like, I've never heard our tones. Uh, I have, but unfortunately it's like when I brought the radio home off of a shift and I worked night shift for 10 years, and I would come home. We would swap out at 6.30 in the morning. I'd get home, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to have a little snack before I go to sleep. And I'd open the refrigerator and then get toned out for a call and go, that's not right. Like, why would I need to go for a diabetic? I'm going to have orange juice. Wait, my hip's talking. Wait, I have to, I have to go find the crew. I really want to go to sleep, but now i got to go return the radio. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I've heard tones, unfortunately. Or maybe I went to empty my pockets and, hey, there's a Narky. Lucky me. 
Um, so that's good stuff. I, I, you were the person I really wanted to ask about the, the, the stomach butterfly flip flop thing. It's not so much anymore. Just not at so nighttime, it, it kind of yeah. goes away after a while. That's funny. I, and when people tell me about, it, I'm like, man, I remember that. And that is it. That's my favorite part of EMS. So, but all right, back to back to your first year when your stomach did flip flop. The first year that I I call I call it the survival year. It's a real, that's a very big uh, educator teacher term education educator term. That first year, uh, like my daughter is going through that right now. She's starting her first teaching job in like, the fifth grade, uh, third grade, one of those grades. Uh, next week, it starts her survival year. You just got to make it through. You just keep your head above water. Um, my survival year was teaching your class, and then when you guys graduated. That was your survival year. How? Tell me about your first year. Oh, my first year was okay. I think that it was just okay. It was. I mean, it was difficult, and it was a lot to learn. It was a lot of stress. Um, my first FTO was very, very smart. Um, but I don't think he related to me very well. I don't think he knew how to build my confidence. But my second FTO he, did a he, really good job. Hear, is he going to hear this? Is he going to hear this show? That's okay. Like, Are you kidding me? I was, that was my favorite. Now, and, and he was, the, I mean, he, if I could be anywhere as smart as he is, then I would be doing good, you know. So, it, and I think it's personality-wise, too. You know, I think um, my second FDO was actually able to build my confidence and make me be more confident in myself. And that's what I needed from somebody. Um, that's what you gave to us during paramedic school, and that's what I needed when I got off on the truck. So I think my second FTO got me a little bit more and understood me, but my first FTO taught me a lot of the basics and, you know, how to handle calls. He didn't ever, you know, nothing ever worked him up about any calls that he was on. He was just really laid back, you know, but extremely smart. But my second FTO was able to build that confidence in myself, and I think that really helped me. If I don't, if I didn't have that person to help help me out i think that i would be a totally different paramedic really at year five yeah that's awesome how so. about at year five how well about not year five end of year, year one i don't know if i would have made it past over one or two because i think people were looking at me at that time too and um maybe critiquing me to be to the point where i don't think she's kind of gonna make it kind of deal six months is our at six probation months, here so, so you have a six month probationary my, period you're very lucky that you had two ftos so, two uh, great ftos you know our uh the, the shifts do different things like so on my old shift it was it was you like you had one fto and i mm-hmm. i my thoughts have changed over the years I think you should switch FTOs. Mm-hmm. I think you should have phases. I think you should have, you know, a month or a month and a half with one, and then you keep switching. So you get that different personality type. When I think in your case, very important. Yeah. Um, I liked consistency, um, and I liked being that consistent training officer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I, I'm the exception. I would cherry pick my students. I would have a student on their second year ride time. I'd build a relationship. I would go to them and say, hey, are you thinking about working here? Well, not really. I think you should put your application in here. And in fact, I think you, you should, should be my probie. And I think since you've been riding with me for about eight months, you ride another six months. I think, uh, I think we have a good time. And, you know, I would start training my partner while they were in paramedic school, get it worked out so where they could get, you know, they come, they come to that assessment center, they do a good job. Um, hey, I was thinking I'd, lo- I'd love to work night shift. And then all of a sudden I would find out when they were hired, I'd be like, hey, I got an opening. I just finished training this guy. I'll take this guy. Uh, he was my student, so we kind of already know each other, and I think it's going to go really well, and that just would work out. And I probably did that for four or five people, and those four or five people were actually pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked consistency. Um, not to say I'm against swapping out, but I would probably like, great, you know, this, it takes two or three shifts to really get that relationship going. And, you know, even especially if you're training somebody and you have a student rider, um, you know, I'm trying to tell like, hey, this is what I want the trainee to do. And then this is what I want my student to do. And then I'll kind of facilitate. Um, so, but that's good. So how much, how much do you think your survival year played into you being a five-year paramedic, making it through that survival year? I mean, I think that's a very important, you know, um, I think it's very important because, 
if I didn't survive, then obviously I wouldn't be in EMS anymore. You know what I mean? Um, so I had people who influenced me to help me do better. And I think that eventually made it. That's the reason why I'm still here. You know, that's good. And you, uh, you are fortunate enough to work. I think you work with at least one of your paramedic school classmates. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the, another one is on our opposite rotation. Awesome. That's been five years. Yep. So. Which again, I you guys hear me saying all the time, uh, I really measure my success on your success, which is awesome that you guys are there for five years and you keep going. Uh, you know, I, I like to think, hey, what's next? I want to see, you know, I want to see you guys be successful and, 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 and move up through the ranks and do cool stuff. So what, um, what would you go back and change about your about paramedic school in general like what would you change about it if you would if i could have had more time what do you mean more time more time in class more time dedicated to study more time to read through books that's the opposite of what i what we hear we hear always hear i wish i had more time and then we say doing what and they say more hands-on time i really wish i had more time to spend with a monitor before i graduated or more time, you know, putting the splints on or more time doing airway uh, maintenance. No, I think I think you have to learn that in the field. I think that you have to learn you have to learn the basics in paramedic school, but I think more time being able to just learn more stuff that would help me clinically. So you, wanted, you wanted all the knowledge before yeah. you got out, not yeah. just the base knowledge, entry level knowledge. You wanted it all. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's gonna be a long paramedic school. Yeah, it would be a long paramedic school, but, and that's why you have to continue to learn and continue your education. Um, so. So five years, and I, I kind of debate, keep asking this question, um, because I think it gets a negative connotation sometimes. W- would you say, would you say that EMS has changed you as a person or... I, I don't really know I think, where I want to go with that. I think that it's made me more well-rounded. Um, I have more experiences dealing with different people, you know. Um, I don't try not to take things for granted because I know that we're not given another day always. Um, I try to um, be very empathetic and compassionate towards my patients regardless if they have a stub toe um, or if they're having a heart attack or if their loved, loved ones just died. Um, I try to take it into their perspective of, you know, regardless of what an emergency I think it is, mm-hmm. if I think it's an emergency or not, it's their emergency. It's, it's an something emergency. that they need help with. Right. Um, I think that I've really had to keep that idealistic um, more of view of that. So, I haven't got burnout yet on paramedic stuff because I've seen people, you know, change their views um, into a more pessimistic attitude about running calls and not getting, you know, your high acuity calls every shift or every couple of months, you know, and having to run granny. So I think that I've tried to hang on to that view that people have told me that I would have changed in the future. Um, I did have a point probably... um, couple a couple years ago to where you know I was like this is stupid you know kind of get out of my positive mindset and I had to reevaluate myself to get back into a better mindset are you talking about responding in general no I'm talking about having a hard time caring about somebody's emergency um I think it's no I don't think either of those um I think it was more due to things going around me that I can't change that affected me. Okay. Does that make sense, I guess? It does. That might not make sense to everybody else, but... It was was external. External nothing wasn't related to EMS and patient care. Compassion fatigue, you're like, ugh, really? Your arm hurts again at 2 a.m.? How long has it been hurting? 20 years. What's different tonight, sir? Like yeah, you know, compassion fatigue versus those external factors. External you know, factors, going, I think, life, have affected. Life stop while you're doing EMS. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. I I absolutely get that. Uh, I'm glad and I'm glad it's worked itself out too. So what's next? What's next for what's next for Kirsten? Working on your bachelor's. Yes. Yeah, so I'll be done with my bachelor's. I wanted to be done this summer, but 
again, I found out that I'm not superwoman and I can't take full-time class load and work full-time, unfortunately. Um, so I'll be done next May. So after that, I've just wanted to, my initial plan was to get on school, be able to get my FTO at the county so I could focus really on training people, go back and get my classes um, to teach with, um, kind of build myself up in that standpoint. Uh, I would eventually like to go back and get my master's at Western Carolina um, in the educational portion program. That can work for you. <laughs> Eventually, but we'll see if my husband will let me. Wow. He said no school for a little while. So because you know, it's I, it's a lot of work and I, it takes a lot out. I absolutely get that. And I I have a different view. I, I like your view. Uh, my view is man, I really don't I don't mind I don't mind moving toward a master's. I just don't want to pay for it. That's true. And I really don't it sounds bad, and it's everything against education. I just don't – right now, I don't want to put out the time commitment. Mm-hmm. And I know that's really <clears throat> well, sounds I, stupid with all these online programs, but I just don't want to put out the time commitment. Now, question for you, is that because how, – how, how young are you? Young. I just turned 40. Okay. I'm old so, EMS years. So I'm 26, and you're – 40. 40. So there's a difference in the time. Is that going to be, you see what I mean? Like, does that make a difference? If yeah, you were 26 well, years old and you could go back and get your master's, would you do it? I, I would. Um, so I think it's a different. But at 26 years old, I didn't have kids. I didn't have other responsibilities. Yes. I didn't have to. Again, it's weakness. I don't want to have to time manage more than I already do. Yeah. And but I also don't want it given to me. I don't feel entitled that I should. Oh, I got to get a master's degree, and you owe me a master's degree because I'm such a great instructor. Um, I just. So I think it's, it's not a priority. Yes. It's it's not a priority right now. That doesn't mean I I, I stop learning. I no. Still, I still figure out. I still try and find ways to do better in the classroom get the students more engaged, have a better experience through paramedic school. So on your first day at the curb in deployment, you're ready to do what you got to do. I don't want to put out an entry-level paramedic. I want to put out, on your first day, I want to put out a second-year EMT. So you go through, or second-year paramedic, so your survival year is not that bad. Mm -hmm. You actually get more out of it. Um, And I think we do a good job doing that, uh, but I can always move. I always move towards something else. Now, if I was in your position and I was at your age with the kids and all of that, I don't think I would go back. So I think it, it just depends on, you know, your life state and where you're at. I don't have kids. I have a husband. You know, I have work. Kids sometimes. That's what I'm told. No. Tells me I'm a child. <laughs> well, no. Um, my husband's very supportive, but I do need to give him some time back that I've taken <laughs> away over the past two years. That's so time that's, so it's time management. It's um, it's very hard to manage all of those different dynamics, plus family dynamics as well. So it, it, if I had children, it would be a lot harder, and I don't. Is. It absolutely is. So because right? I said the same thing, I said, "Oh, wait till my kids are older, and they're they're getting there, and you know, and we can all do things together, and it, it helps time management. They're self sufficient, um, but you know, it still I'd takes still, time, time away from them. It's time away. I mean, I would even be if it was online, I'd still sit at the house, mm-hmm. but not be able to give them attention because I would be in a book in a computer completing assignments. Yeah. Because again, I don't want to half-ass it. Mm-hmm. I I want to I want to earn that degree, and I want to be able to apply it as as I apply and feel like you've medicine. actually spent money on and, not wasted your right, money. <laughs> and because now, again, older that money has to get split up between the kids need shoes, yeah. the kids need clothes, or school stuff happening. You know, and I'm, you're going to pay, you know, $900 a credit hour mm-hmm. for a, a master's, master's degree program. Master's credit I got to get the $900 out of that, out of that credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and it, now I rationalize a little bit differently because everyone's like, go to PA school. I'm 40. I can go to PA school for two years. Um, my return on investment, I'll be getting ready to retire. I'll still be paying off that debt. Mm-hmm. How do I really want to be working that long in my retirement to pay off my PA debt? Um, you know, and that's kind of a that's a hard pill to swallow. It's not off the table, but it's just one of those. I still have. I would have to time manage ten times as much with yeah. an online master's degree <clears throat> as going back to a clinical thing. Um, so. It is what it is, but again, like I said, I would 
I miss the ambulance. Uh, I miss that. Uh, I like. I miss the patient interaction in their house. Taking the students to clinical, I get to cherry pick my high acuity calls in the ED when we escort them over there uh, for clinicals. But um, that's why I kind of love talking to you guys because I get to live vicariously through your calls and say we have clinical discussions about them. And here we are. So, anything else on your mind? Hmm. There's always something related to this. Um, I wanted to, to go back to when you said. Are there less people that you had thought that are mentors? And it's it's not that I think there's less people, I guess. I think there's less of the people that I used to know that are leaving now in EMS. I would agree with that 100%. And does that make sense, yes, I guess? it does. It absolutely does. And why are they leaving EMS? Because of situations at hand, <laughs> and it's, because and they're it's done. out. They're, yeah, they're they're done with their they're done they're with that done. part of their career, and um, for for whatever reason, whether it's just not fulfilling anymore, it's time to move on. They they don't like it for some reason, or they just don't get what they used to get out of it. So, so my um, what I would like to encourage others to do is to become more mentorship, become be- become mentors so that you still have those people in place. Well, take, you know? take interest. Take interest. Take interest take, in the people coming up. Take, it, take ownership yes. of it. Um, Ownership's a big thing. I think people don't take ownership for what we have or what who you are and what you do and you know take pride take ownership right. of what you do on a regular basis right it, um, again it's very weird to me that people say well chris you're a mentor to me well I, it's really weird to me because i don't think i can be because i taught you i never got to do truck time with you to say hey Let's go run this call together and let's see what you got. Or, hey, this is what I would have done. Or, hey, this is what I think. And you go, wow, I really, I'm really glad I, I shared that experience and you got to share your experience with me. It's going to make me better. That's why it's hard for me to say, well, well, you know, you're a mentor. That's why when I ask, it's outside of EMS, coach, family member, uh, pastor. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. that person. It helps, you know. Um, you know, my I didn't have... In paramedic, after when I got my paramedic, I didn't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I drew from experiences as a basic and an explorer that my mentors kind of instilled mm-hmm. and was able to kind of carry that with me. Um, you know, jokingly, one of my paramedic instructors always told me, You have to lay down on your belly to innovate. Like, you have to do it. It's the best way, it's the only way you're always going to be successful. And I would fight it and I would kneel and I wouldn't get the tube. And uh, I was I came to work and it was like my third tube and I was kneeling because I didn't want to lay down and I couldn't get it. And I finally laid down. And I got it and I had to I had to email her and say you're right. Um, and again, maybe not a mentor, but it was one of those her exposure and experience helped me be successful mm-hmm. in that situation where in the back of my head I was like, oh, she's right. I better lay down. And I did it and it was awesome. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Anything else? Um, my mentor would be maybe my husband. You know, he's my best friend. So he just kept me going. Support. Support. Awesome. That support system. That's awesome. You just wanted to write that in there so he'd hear it. That's no. Cool. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's good. Good talk. I appreciate you coming in. Sounds good. Thanks. Have a good day. I will.